Welcome to the Achieve Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Feldman, and each month we explore the research, strategies, successes, and even the failures behind some of today's best fundraising and marketing for causes. As we explore each one of these, we'd like to invite different types of guests that will explore their own unique takes on what really works today and will leave us a little intrigued on what they're working on for the future. This podcast is supported in partnership with the Festival of Children Foundation. I'm joined by Nicole Pfeiffer-Hicks. She is the Managing Director of Relay for Life Youth and Campus Strategy for the American Cancer Society. She is the one responsible for all youth engagement in Relay for Life programming at the college level, the elementary school level, as well as the high school level, overall for American Cancer Society. She'll be sharing some of her insights as to how to get individuals involved in raising money. She's responsible for more than $26 million worth of revenue from this segment of audience. Looking forward to having her join us on this edition of the Achieve Podcast. Nicole, welcome. Thanks for joining us. I am so happy to be with you. All right, so you got to give me the background. How did you get to kind of where you are today? And we'll talk about Relay for Life, ACS, all that. But how did you get started in the nonprofit sector? Uh, well, I have been doing some version of nonprofit work for um, almost 18 years now. Um, I graduated college, I um, got my first job, and I hated it, <laughs> and I um, sort of was just looking for something totally different, and my, um, my first job was in public relations, and I ended up finding um, a job at a university, and I worked in the alumni office, and I sort of fell in love with the, you know, nonprofit world in terms of um, just doing something bigger than what I had been doing in my previous work. It felt really good to do something that was um, impactful overall and not just something that affected um, of the bottom line of a product. Uh, so from there, I just sort of transitioned from higher ed alumni work into um, a job with the American Cancer Society, and I've been there ever since. In fact, uh, next week will be 15 years. Wow, congrats. Yes, thank you. All right, so talk about your job at ACS. What do you do? So I started 15 years ago, obviously, in a different role. Um, and I've been really fortunate in that the organization has had um, a number of different places for me to grow in my career. So I, I've held, I think, six positions since I've um, been with the American Cancer Society. But my latest role um, is, uh, I think the official title is Managing Director of Relay for Life Youth and Campus Strategy. That's pretty long. So I like <laughs> to just say I do all the youth stuff. Uh, and really what that means is my work is about building engagement through leadership and mission and fundraising through our Relay for Life program. Um, and we look at all students. So we start with elementary school, middle school, high school, college. And then, um, of course, some of our work touches on opportunities with our millennial audience or young professionals. So how I mean, how big of a category is this for the American Cancer Society? I mean, how big is the youth segment of this work? So it's it's pretty significant. So really is, um, you know, a, an important part of, of the work, not only fundraising work that our organization does, um, but also just a volunteer base, right? 
So we look at it really twofold, and it makes up the majority of our volunteers and income um, for the organization. And students are a huge chunk of that. We know we engage about a half a million students a year in some form. Yeah, and, and, you know, whether it's Campus Relay, High School Relay, or our younger programs, Relay Recess or Relay Field Day. Um, So we know we touch at least that many um, and that translates, of course, into future volunteers um, and donors. So it's a really important segment for us. Um, you know, we look at it not just as a short term sort of donor base, but how can we build sort of a volunteer career path for students as they move through their life and opportunities in the organization? So we always try to keep that in mind um, as we as we work to engage them. And are you allowed to share how much you actually raise? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I will say it with the caveat. We it's easy to know how much our um, college and high school relay for life events bring in. Um, it's somewhere around twenty four million dollars annually. Um, and then we know we have a whole another segment of um, students that participate in our community relay for life events, and they probably bring in another twenty million dollars. Not to. Uh... Not too shabby. Pretty big. Pretty big. Well, I totally agree, and I think that that um, really shows the impact when you make an investment in a market like that. Um, really, the impact that they can make. Like, there's, you know, this perception. I think that that students don't have any money, so they're not necessarily great fundraisers or great donors. But I think the the work we've done has been able to show that that's not the case. So one of the things you talked about, which it kind of gets into this peer engagement piece and, and how, how do you get all of this to happen is around leadership. Talk mm-hmm. about what the leadership piece is that you're incorporating. Well, so the whole model of Relay for Life is really built around um, volunteer empowerment and engagement. So each, each event itself is run almost ex- completely by volunteers. Um, and the same with our campus events. So each event has a, um, you know, a volunteer committee that their charge is to organize and host the event. And so we work really closely with them to coach what it could look like and to help ensure success. So each event is um, has a staff partner. It's an American Cancer Society staff member who works with them. Um, And their role is really to coach them and get them the tools they need to host the event, to organize it, to recruit, to promote all of those great things. So they have that. One of the other things that we do is we sort of overlay that direct touch with um, a number of national support um, functions um, that my team manages that it's all around helping those volunteers as well and, and our staff. So we have lots of leadership development opportunities. We have trainings. We have, you know, in-person and virtual. Uh, we have support phone calls. We do a lot of stuff on social media to help strengthen that leadership engagement. But, you know, we like to talk not just about how to run an event or how to recruit a team, but we also focus on things that are really important in skill development. So that's like how to delegate public speaking and things like that. So we try to plug um, our students into those kinds of opportunities because we know that makes them better as a leader, which will ultimately make their event better. So let's talk about what's been the most challenging thing about getting people to go out and raise money 
uh, from your perspective? Uh, I think people are very nervous about it, right? It's, um, they feel like uh, to make a donation ask, they almost have to know every single answer to the question about where where money goes. Um, and so we've tried to really look at how we can distill that message and how we can make, you know, where the money goes really tangible so that it's easy and less scary for people to talk about. Um, because we know that for most people, um, once they can get over that initial nervousness of making the ask, whether it's in person or email, whatever, um, then then it certainly becomes easier and they feel more comfortable getting out there and asking for donations to support their work. Have you seen, I mean, from your perspective, how do you overcome on the ground, especially because you're doing all these events nationwide, how do you overcome the, is it going to be here local? Is it going national? You know, all that kind of stuff. Do you train them on the, that kind of piece? We do. And that's really important, right? Because things need to feel like, like you want to feel like you're making an impact. And, um, and the reality is, is that for our event, there's lots of other organizations that are doing work right on the same campus we are. Um, and right. they're able to say like, this funds something in your community. And so we do, we work really hard to try to um, build out that knowledge. Um, we're lucky we have research dollars on almost every college campus in the United States. So we try to make things like that visible where we do things like set up um, some researchers that are getting grant funding from us with the volunteers um, to have a night to you know, talk with the students and explain a little bit about their work and maybe even do uh, research grants um, or research lab tours. We also try to do things like um, where we might have a Hope Lodge, which is basically a, a place where cancer patients and their families can stay for free during treatment. Um, we organize nights there. So the volunteers might actually go and cook dinner for all of the patients at a Hope Lodge. Um, now, those kinds of things, those two things I mentioned specifically, um, are not available to everyone. So we try to figure out ways to make those tangible to those that aren't in places that have a Hope Lodge or research grants. So we use a lot of, um, we use social media to help us with that. Um, maybe do a tour of a Hope Lodge, you know, via Snapchat, which is kind of fun, um, or tell an Instagram story through it. Um, we also talk a lot about how, you know, just your everyday life is affected by some of the work we've done. So, you know, if you've ever, if you've ever known someone who's had a mammogram or a pap smear, um, those kinds of things, like the, that research was directly affected by work that we funded. And so um, as much as you can make something tangible, the easier it is for someone to sort of grab onto. Um, and if you can get folks to sort of identify, like if there's a personal thing they're interested in. So for instance, you know, maybe there's a story that they can connect to the work that you've done. That's also a really powerful way to share information is to tell it through someone's story. So we look for opportunities like that as well. So talk about who is or what's the profile of a successful leader peer fundraiser that's going out there and raising money through, through Relay for Life? It's almost always someone who has a million other things going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it, it, in reality, yes. It, you know, it's, it's someone who... Uh, typically, they come to us because they're passionate about the cause, right? They've had a family member 
with a cancer diagnosis um, or they themselves are a, a cancer survivor. And then others, it's, you know, it's something that they just feel like it's an opportunity for them to be bigger than themselves. And so, um, you know, it is someone who's really typically busy. They have, they tend to have a lot of other roles on campus or, you know, they're, they're looking to contribute uh, beyond. And so, they, they can wear many hats quite well. So let's talk about technologies. Obviously, there's been a lot of, uh, I suspect the early days of Relay for Life, it was all paper, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so talk about the new technologies that you're using now to implement peer fundraising and the, the whole model. So we found out pretty quickly, you know, a few years ago that if we didn't mobilize all of our, um, our websites, our fundraising websites, it was kind of useless for this market. So um, we really quickly moved into making sure the websites were, you know, it was an app. It all made sense um, and people could give easily and quickly in the way they're used to, you know. So uh, we're looking at how we can use stuff like Venmo and uh, obviously we already use PayPal, but how we can use those kinds of technologies to make a donation ask really quick and easy. So if you run into someone on your campus you can actually ask them right there, pull up the app on your phone. They can make a Venmo do- donation, you know, just wow. like that. Yeah. So those kinds of things are really important. And then we use the other type, we use other kinds of social media, like I mentioned earlier, Instagram or um, Snapchat. We look at how we can use those in a, in a meaningful way to help convey things um, we know are important, whether that's where the money goes, um, a reminder about, you know, a training opportunity or, uh, you know, a reminder about a timeline or even celebrating success. So we try to use those as quick, easy ways to give people small bits of information. And we also, we know that, you know, there's a a percentage of our participants that are uh, really actively involved. And then we have a large percentage of our participants that are just, you know, are just joined because their friend asked them to be on their team. And that's fine too. Um, But we try to message, um, to segment our messaging some or make sure that how we're using social media hits both of those groups. So in terms of challenges, I mean, what's been the biggest challenge that you've had to deal with over the last couple of years with with sort of this whole model that you have? I, I think that, one of the challenges is really around um, making sure that we are guiding our volunteers and not just telling them what to do or making them try to fit into a really rigid, structured model of what the event needs to look like. So we know um, for our events specifically that the events that do best really do an, an incredible job of mirroring the culture on their campus. So, for instance, uh, they, you know, if it's a SEC school, they're, you know, if they can sort of tap into that model of excitement around sports, it tends to go over really well with their students. If it's a, a really um, civic-minded campus, um, we look on how we can utilize that and. We know that when we kind of get out of the volunteers way and give them flexibility and and freedom to sort of build that culture and, you, you know, change and adapt their relay to fit that, the better off the events 
are and um, tend to attract more people. So um, I think it's kind of making sure that we don't get in our own way and make things too structured. Yeah. So uh, what's sort of some exciting things you're working on right now that might be launching in the next year or two? Uh, well, we're um, looking at building um, a virtual relay um, engagement. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I know. We're still working out the details of what that's going to look like, but we're really excited to look at, at how we can build something um, in a completely different way, but still has that you know, community touch and feel that feels very individual and personalized. Um, so that's one of the things that we're looking at. We're also looking at, you know, what's that transition piece? Uh, so we have all of these really incredible engaged relayers in college and then they graduate. So what's next for them? Um, you know, how do we engage them across the board organizationally? Um, and even if it's not in an event, how do we keep them engaged um, until they're ready? To hop back in. Um, but I think, you know, I think the virtual relay is one of the things that we're most excited about because it feels very different um, than the things that we've done before. We're quite excited about that. Yeah. All right. Last question. If you're sitting here listening to this and, you know, I want to organize a peer fundraising program or I want to get started, not necessarily want to be just like Relay for Life, but what advice would you give somebody who's starting out to develop a program of recruiting volunteers to go out and raise money? Talk to your volunteers, find out, you know, what it is that interests them, what engage them. And when you start to really have those conversations, you, you don't just learn about, you know, what is important or what the direction should be, but you also start to build people that are just as engaged as you and start to feel committed to the work that you're doing. It's like they start to develop ownership in what you're trying to build. And that kind of volunteer relationship goes a long way in helping to gauge success. You start to create, you know, this group of people that are committed and engaged and um, can't just get, you know, not only give you the pulse, of what's going on there out there or what is, you know, how you need to evolve or how you need to grow, but also can help you to actually get there. Thanks, Nicole. I really appreciate the time. No problem. It's great to be here. Thanks, Derek. Nicole Hicks is the Managing Director for Relay for Life Youth and Campus Strategy for the American Cancer Society. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this edition of the Achieve Podcast. We look forward to next month where we'll be helping you as marketers and fundraisers raise the public support, awareness, and adoption for the important work you do.